Hello, listeners. It is time for another new episode of The Chat, the show that explores all the hot topics of daytime television. Before we jump into what we need to talk about tonight, let's talk to our co-host a little bit. Tiggs, how are you? I'm doing fine, Casey. How are you? I'm doing well. And D.D. Forrester, how are you? I'm feeling amazing. Thank you. Wonderful. And the ever-so-sexy and all-state voice, Rodrigo, how are you? Oh, my God. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Casey, I'm glad to thank you. And the man with the fine earbuds and the fine ass, Alan, how are you? Fine. Hopefully this is a long episode. <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's just jump right into it. Um, there's a topic I want to address first on a book that I can't wait to read. Melody Thomas Scott has revealed the release date for her memoir, Always Young and Restless, My Life on and Off America's Number One Daytime Drama, and it's going to be released on July 14th. Tiggs, will you be picking up a copy at your local Barnes & Noble? I'm really thinking about it, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, now, Rodrigo, uh, Scott released a statement on her book, and she said, Even though I have spent almost my entire life as an actress and performer, I have kept my private life well behind the scenes. Now I am ready to share these stories of survival and success that have shaped me into who I am today. So, Rodrigo, what do you think of Melody Thomas Scott's stories that she has to share? And will you pick up a copy of her new memoir? Um, to be honest, no, I'm not. But that doesn't mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean she doesn't have anything juicy to say in her book. Because... And didn't she have, um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be in the book or not, but she has relationships with, uh, you know, Ed Scott, and, which is her husband now, and then there was the director, the late director, behind the scenes. Allegedly. Who's the father of her first, not allegedly, that's the father of her child, and her firstborn child. Um, I'm just saying, so, well, look, I'm being careful. We uh, we are not getting sued this week, okay? No, I am no, just being no careful. Suit. It's facts. It's facts. But, um, but now she has a lot of, I mean, she, she goes way back. I think she did a movie with John Wayne back in the day. And so she's got some stories from her childhood coming up in the business. And, um, like she said, she's very, she, you know, she's very private. I don't know anything about her life beyond that. So whatever she has to say, whether she'll talk about her Maria, Maria Bell days or Sony mm -hmm. days, um, who knows what she's going to put in the book. But I'm sure, you know, she, she has an audience that, you know, will buy it. And that's that on that. That's all. I don't know. Now, Dee, um, 
Melody's life to me has always been interesting from her Alfred Hitchcock days to her early start on The Young and the Restless to um, her even being abused as a child as she's opened up many times about. Um, so will you be buying a copy of this book to dive into everything that Mel has to talk about? upcoming memoir and will you buy a copy? turn over to another former um, another person who starred in daytime and that's Antonio Sabato Jr. Um, the actor oh, okay hold on hold on now let let's get through what he said and then we'll talk <laughs> so the actor who is well known to soap fans as Jagger on General Hospital and then a little stint on the Bold and the Beautiful um, spoke out and claimed that his backing of Donald Trump has destroyed his acting career. Um, this is pretty interesting what he said on this. Um, he said, I was the first celebrity to come out and talk about the president and he had my vote from day one, but I believe Kimberlin was trying to sell those avocados before him. Um, I was the first one to say he was going to win. My integrity is intact. What I believe in is still intact. What doesn't break you makes you stronger. That's what they say. So I'm stronger than ever and I didn't have to lie about who I am. Tiggs, Break it down for me why you think Antonio Sabato Jr. believes he's the second coming of Stella Adler. That's, a, that's an actual ego for you. Antonio Sabato Jr. ain't been... He ain't had a promising career in 25 years. I don't know what he's talking about. That Wasn't nobody banging his door down for no role before Donald Trump became president. And whenever somebody says, like, oh, well, I suffer like this because I'm a Republican or I'm a Trump supporter, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what about the rest of the country? Look how we've been suffering for the last four years. Nobody cares. But at the end of the day, you still, you and Africa, you still got some type of damn money. 
What about the poor people that's been suffering because of Donald Trump? You won't book no damn gigs nowhere. You don't want to feel sorry for you now because everybody starts shitting on you when you started yapping about Donald Trump. So don't even give a damn about you. D, let's talk about the other Republicans in the soap genre. Ingo Rademacher, Donnie Boaz, Kimberlyn Brown returned as Sheila two years ago to a very successful stint. Do you think that Antonio has a fight here, or is it all just because he can't act? <laughs> uh, I feel like Antonio is trying to drum him up some business, okay? Because... Um, Ingo's a MAGA, wear, MAGA hat wearer, you know? Um, Danny is a proud MAGA hat wearer. He doesn't hide it. Uh, Miss Avocado Carter is a MAGA hat wearer. She doesn't try to hide it. All of them have been successful in spite of that. Um, Jagger, I ain't heard from you since, uh, 1990. What? Hey, it. Like, seriously? What have you done? Like, name something serious that you've done. What acting roles do you have? One, this should have no effect on you whatsoever. I mean, Danny Boaz is still, I mean, look, Chance is still, blow, Confederate Chance is still blowing out Abby's back. <laughs> it has no effect. I'm just saying, uh, Ingo didn't hop from one show to another show with, <laughs> without missing a beat. I mean, I can forget all about his version of Thorn Forster, but I'm just saying, he back on Jenna Hospital and has a lot to beat. Um, every time Avocado Carter wants to come back, <laughs> she comes back. Sheila pops up like an outbreak, and then she wreaks havoc, and then she goes away again. So, I mean, I'm being serious. I feel like this has nothing to do with it. He's trying to get people to sympathize with him. He's trying to drum him up some roles for some other red hat-wearing people, and I don't have time for that. If your politics is trash, is when I say trash, I'm saying not in line with mine, I just won't follow you. I won't look at your stuff. I'll mute you so y'all don't have to see your stuff unless people are making fun of you on Twitter, and then I'll go unmute you so I can go kiki-kiki with them. But other than that, I'm going to keep it moving. I mean, even before I mean, you know, how Danny Boaz spoke about the uh, president, I still didn't like him. It has not changed. I don't like yep. chance. I don't like this chance. I feel that, like he's got a hotter chance. That's what I said. I he said what I said. He I don't like it. For the role. He just, he sticks out with his old son. This man, he may be only 38, but he looks 47. He looks and, and I know Jeremy. And I know Jeremy. And I know I know Jeff won't get mad every guy. <laughs> they got this wrong. Trisha Cash Trisha should be mad. If she she should be mad. Oh my goodness. Look, I tell you what though, Gene Cooper. Jean Cooper is about to rise from the dead and give this kid her plastic surgeon card. I mean, she's like, look, you call them, baby, and I'll get you all set up with that facelift that I had on TV. She's like, you a chance, you're not allowed to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rodrigo, Sabato continued with another quote. Um, and he said, I had to sell everything. I had to pay all my debts. I was blacklisted. All my representatives left me from agents to managers to commercial agents. I literally had to move, find a new job to survive and take care of my kids. It's been terrible. It's mind blowing. It's a disgrace. It's tough because if you're in that environment in Hollywood and you have something to say that they don't like, they're going to let you know. Now, Rodrigo, do you think that this touches on what Dee said about him trying to drum up sympathy? 
And do you think the reason all those people left him is because he was producing soap operas for pure flicks using a green screen? Working construction in Florida. You can do that shit. Come on now. That's money. Most may I did it shit. Ain't nothing wrong with it. So now I want to turn on to another former General Hospital star. Alan, I want to get your sure, go ahead. speak on um, another former General Hospital star, Vanessa Antoine, um, who used to play Jordan Ashford. She came out to speak about her time in General Hospital. And I want you to touch on what she said here with only six episodes in each season, referring to her show, Digstown. Um, the um, person who was interviewing her said, were you hoping you could continue your role as Jordan on General Hospital? Um, at the time of your departure, you could have easily gone recurring like most of the cast. And Vanessa said, yeah, no, that was not the case. I thought that I would get to stay. It was quite a shocker for me. I never planned to leave the show. I was hoping to get to do what the other actors get to do, go on a little sabbatical. So, Alan, what do you think about Vanessa speaking out about her time at General Hospital? And do you think it was fair for them to cut her, but then give out to other actors who had been there about the same amount of time? Well, he's right. Absolutely right. Like, if you tell her actors all the time, Chloe Lanyard gets to go do all her things, and then you brought her back in now. Out, a freaking 
and listen, she treats the black characters very poorly for years and years. Only recently when we started seeing black characters more. She's only in fucking ten episodes a year. And Frank is frankly a tiny little bitch. They just replaced her with some twenty five year old bad as a girl with free hair. They're basically petty. They didn't even really try her popular cast Jordan that much. They just let her just walk in any woman they could get off the street, basically. It's a whole story to Vanessa. So, D, um, Vanessa went on to say, in my experience, I don't think that the others, in terms of the other soap operas, have the capacity to want to do that, meaning rebuild um, a diverse cast, uh, that or see the importance of doing that. Some people used to make the joke general hospital, more like generally white hospital. Um, it's a generally white show. That's just the way it is. I think that if you get hired on that show as a person of color, you do the best you can. It's good work, but you're not going to be someone who is on the forefront. Now, Dee, talk to me about the generally white hospital quote. And what do you think about Vanessa speaking out about her time at GH? Vanessa spitted facts. She is spitting truth. That is everything that happens. You're not, I mean, up until recently, you weren't allowed to have more than two black characters on General Hospital at a time. Like you had a quota, and once you met it, that was it. I mean, just look at how, I mean, they just, all of a sudden, Jordan goes after she leaves, after Vanessa leaves and takes off to go you know, to Canada and do her shows and all of a sudden Jordan gets the storyline out of nowhere when she has been on the back burner for uh, a cool day. I'm like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Think about, I mean, when you sit there and you think about after Brittany left, uh, didn't they just go to recap the first person that showed up? It's like they had a bread sign outside saying, hey, are you black? <laughs> you know how to remember lines? Let's go. Twitter took up the time to bring up how black characters talk on General Hospital. Um, 
one listener of ours pointed out that when Curtis was in Sonny's orbit very strongly, Curtis would mostly refer to him as Mr. Corinthos. Um, Meanwhile, other white guards of Sonny's just referred to him as Sonny. So do you think there is not only a diverse problem at General Hospital um, and daytime in general, but also how Black characters are written in scripts compared to white counterparts? Okay, I'll say this. I've had a long history with General Hospital. And every time they have promise with the black characters, it should always go south. You had Simone Hardy and Keisha Ward and Eric Jensen and Gia Campbell. Those characters that were like rich and like they were they were they were layered characters and they don't want to do nothing with them at the end of the day. And but the white counterparts got their storylines and I see people always talking about the best, the best, the best. But what about the diversity of the show? What about that? You don't fight for that. You fight for your best more than you fight for the what the show should be. It's really a, a diverse town. And I it's, I'm seeing it now. You got characters like Trina, which is a great start. Uh, just because she's just a great representative of <coughs> a young black teenage girl. And I, I just love to see that. And um, but Vanessa, she didn't say anything wrong. She, she spoke her truth. And you saw it on screen. I mean, the last scenes that I had Jordan in were those therapy scenes. Uh, with Jordan and um, what's her name? Uh, Stella. Verne Watson, yeah. Love you, Verne. <laughs> Those were the last scenes they had. I mean, you could have just easily wrote Jordan off that she couldn't take that fast, you know, couldn't take Stella no more. She needed a break from Curtis and she left town to go take an assignment. And then not everyone left for no reason to take six months off and eat. And they let. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you could have easily done that for her, and you don't. And you continue not to. And it's the frustrating part of being a black viewer of daytime alone is we watch them do this shit over and over and over and over to us. We're the most loyal fans in return, even though we can shit mm-hmm. all that. But all the time. But we stick to the shows because we support these actors. I love and I support all the color, people of color, the African-American actors, the Asian actors, all that, the representatives in daytime, I always support them all because you don't get, you don't get much in the history of these shows. It, you don't, it's not, it's, yeah, we can have an old discussion about that on another podcast, but so, a, I'm just proud of her. I mean, she spoke her truth, but even if she don't want, she won't, you know, Frank will never have her back on the show, we already know that, but she spoke her truth. <laughs> She spoke her truth, and that's all she could do. So now, Tiggs, I want to talk to you about Vanessa's other answer to this question. Um, 
The interviewer asked, do you think that daytime could ever become more inclusive as a medium again? And Vanessa responded by saying, personally, from my experience and seeing how things are done, I think that there is one particular soap, The Young and the Restless, that based on their track record has been able to put those storylines in the forefront. The era in the 1990s with the late great Christoph St. John as Neil and Victoria Rowell as Drusilla, that was a very beautiful and interesting time. I haven't seen it repeat itself. I do feel that if there's one soap that could do it, again, it would be Windar. So, Tiggs, what do you think of Vanessa's claim that The Young and the Restless would be the one to rebuild diversity in daytime? And what do you think about her speaking out about her time at GH? Oh, uh, good for her. Good for her. Like, what is she kiss my ass? Like, she <laughs> I mean, yeah, thank God we got Michelle Morgan back, but we had to really go online. Because there can't be no more than four neighbors on the screen. No more than four neighbors. Put them in the neighbors. Yeah, you know, and you know, telling the truth. A, 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 a huge portion of their audience, it can be done. It can be done. Will they do it? Of course not. They had the perfect I mean, opportunity, though, with the bond moving as much. That was the perfect opportunity, and they You know, so like this, what irks me more. I think Y and R does have the most moving parts. You know, Y and R really has the next generation. You know, why is Amanda not the next Drusilla? Why is Devon not the next Neil? Why is Nate? not the next one to carry on his father's legacy. And for the love of God, why is Queen Brittany Sarpy not being the next Olivia? You know, they have all those moving parts to craft the next generation, but they refuse to do it. He doesn't want to infuse any drama into the show. Like, all, I was talking about this on Twitter when I was binging why I was binging over the weekend. And why are... Uh, Lola and Summer playing nice to each other. Why are why are Kyle and Lola having this amicable boring ass divorce? Lola should why, hate why Summer. Are, you know what, what was the point of this little snowstorm they had where nothing is moving in story? What is the point of that? I, I like Devon the lighting together. But, you know, what they call each other, honey, and it's just all they, 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 no, they have no story. They have no story. They have no sex. My no. God. <laughs> the, 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 whole, the whole thing, like, like I said on Twitter, make Amanda Hillary 
Billy's twin sister. Rose Turner was a drunk. She got behind on Bill's selling debt. She had twins and gave one away. And it could be the twins say, you know, you got to be some big shocker. You know, Amanda could have been known all her life she was adopted. You know, Amanda is that type of care. She'll just mention it in past, and Devon happens to, like, overhear her. Like, you were adopted. And then you know him, so he'll go investigate. Right, and he'll just get the dig and, like, you know, and, and then he'll kind of almost come borderline obsessed once he does find out that she is Hillary, since she would be the only living relative left to Hillary who happens to look just like her. That should unnerve Elaine and make her turn to Nate. There's your quad people. It should be a Vicky Marley situation. There's a storyline, people. It could be a Vicky Marley situation with Amanda and Hillary. You know, Amanda is the new Victoria the new Vicky to Hillary's Marley. You know, she didn't get to grow up, you know, with Rose. And even though Rose was a drunk, you all get what I mean. You know, like she had to fight for herself. She had to make something of herself. I, uh, it irks my soul how boring and lackluster Wyandar is when it has so many amazing moving parts to get it to be a great show. Uh, well... Look, I'm thinking that they're going to fire Anthony Marina. I think they're going to fire Anthony Marina because it's a little suspicious to me that all of a sudden, and I love that she's there, but Vicky... <laughs> Vivian Gundaker has like 30 years experience in this business so you watch they're probably going to let Anthony go and be like look Vivian here's the key yeah. I think that they're gearing up for James Harmon Brown to be their head writer and Vivian to be their EP I really don't think Anthony Marina is the big issue that is their no role. he's not they're he is so not Josh, Anthony is so not so it can be another Charles Pratt Jr. situation. Well, and, you know, he finally let the lesbians sleep together and sleep with other people. So, but other than that, those are the two shining parts. Because I love Lindsay. Shit, Lindsay's becoming my favorite part of the show. Okay, I, I, want, I want Lindsay to go Trisha Dennis and Craig. She can do it. She yeah. looks like she has the range. Yo, when I'm actually cheering for Tessa, you know that the apocalypse Ooh. is nigh. Come on, I need Tessa to work with anyone. Yeah. Mariah Sam, they know, boy. I just told any of them how to Shout out, shout out to Girlfriend that plays uh, Tessa. Those scenes where she, oh, she ripping through Mariah and that girl and Lindsay. Oh, that was, that was some good. Take care, make pudding good. work. Another person, another person in daytime, another, another person in daytime who's awfully dirty is Megan McCain on ABC's The View. 
Um, <laughs> the View recently talked about, um, I mean, truly legendary reporter Chris Matthews being fired at MSNBC for alleged inappropriate comments and actions toward women, making him another man to be accused in the Me Too movement. Um, Joy Behar expressed um, appreciation of Matthew's work. Um, she added, it's not enough with these old guys, um, expressed disdain for his work, rather, saying it's enough with these old guys and their stupid remarks. And then McCain chimed in to add support for him, saying, I love him. And to reduce his entire career to this segment yesterday made me really sad because I thought he deserved a better send off. Um, even though she later added that doesn't mean his behavior should be absolved or he should not apologize, but there's a lot of people at NBC that have done a lot of crap. So, Tiggs, why, even though Megan McCain gets on our nerves a lot, why are women on a female-led feminist show all of a sudden defending alleged sex predators? I mean, it, it's been going on since the beginning of the time. And to this point, it's just like, Megan McCain, she don't even believe half the shit she be saying half the time. I think most of the time that little girl just says shit just for sound bite. She knows it's bullshit that's dribbling out of her mouth. Yeah, she probably believes a little bit of it, but she just says bullshit to, say, to be on TV and say bullshit. Like most of the damn television Republicans. But, but it, it, it's been going on since the beginning of the time. It ain't, it ain't just Republicans saying all white thing. Black women do it too. Black now, women do it too. Do so, you, and, you know, oh, we all got that. We all got that, that, that one cousin that's already being in prison for holding up a liquor store and killing three people. But the little gay nephew can't come to the barbecue no more. But, but Junebug and kill three motherfuckers and molested his niece. Oh, 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 he, he you know, that just gets swept up the road. If people to this day can still support our health. All because they made a few babies who abused it 20 years ago. But, you know, they're just... People... People... They condemn what they want to condemn. They crucify who they want to crucify. Like, if they, if they don't want to hold somebody accountable for something that they've done... They will find any type of loophole, any type of excuse. Well, nah, ain't no well, nothing. I don't give a damn what type of music he's doing. I don't care how many TV shows he was on. He's a nasty son of a bitch, and he deserves what he got. That don't negate. I don't give a damn if he said a whole village of motherfuckers 15 years. Hell, he needs to be up under the jail. Keep your damn hands to yourself. Quit harassing people. Shit. Yes, elementary. So, D, as a woman, what do you think of Megan's comments? And do you think this just need her defending an alleged sexual predator just needs to be it for her time on this show? She's been defending an alleged sexual predator for the past, like, what, four years now? So it's, it's part of the course. You know? I mean... That's what she does. She'll come on there no matter what Republicans are doing. She will sit there and she will she will find an excuse. She will find every single reason. And, you know, I'm just like, until it happens to you, until it affects someone in your family, one of your friends, you 
can always just sit and say whatever and make excuses or whatever. But if it happened to her, you best believe she would be holding press conferences. She would be blowing up Twitter. That old school Twitter well would be up. She would be acting a fool. But the fact mm-hmm. that she's not, I mean, she's co-signing this BS. And that's why I don't have time for nutmeg. I haven't had time for nutmeg, McCain, in uh, about, what, four or five years, something like that. And I'm done. Every once in a while, every blue moon, she will say something that makes sense. But the things that she says that make sense are way outweighed by all of the other stupid bullshit that she proposed. And, you know, I can't tell people what to think. I can't tell people what to believe. But I will speak out and call it trash. And I do it on the regular. Now, Alan, do you think that Megan McCain's way of trying to grab a soundbite is getting old for the view? on Twitter, I found this very funny, said, this makes Elizabeth Hasselbeck look like a golden goddess. So, (laughs) what do you think of Megan's comments, and do you think they're just going a step too far defending Chris Matthews' actions? to you on this again. If Megan would be replaced, who do you want to see take her spot? Like, I, I, I get it. I, I get it. Like, I I understand that there needs to be, like, a, a white wing person on the show and all this mess. I could, I would rather just see them give the job to Anna Navarro. Because, yes, she's a Republican. She seems like a Republican with, with some halfway decent sense. Mm-hmm. Just give the damn job to Anna Navarro. Like, cause I don't like, yeah, you know, people are going to have their, you know, their opinions and their brothers and all that stuff. And that's fine. It's just, can we get a Republican that got some damn sense? Not, not a fucking psychopath. Or somebody that's going to take the job seriously and not just go out of their way. 
to spout real bullshit just to get sound bites and keep chat. So can we get somebody, can we get an actual, like, political analyst? Can, can we get that? Well, I mean, I love Sonny Hostin. Uh, I people winning, like, people, we getting uh, winners from reality shows and senators' daughters and shit like that to be, no, no. In my opinion, Sonny Hostin is the best one on that panel. Doing these damn shows. I mean, and... You know, I think that. Well, yeah, you know, look, it's time to let Joy go. I'm sorry, Joy, go on to your penthouse downtown. Uh, it's time to let Joy go. I could never stand Joy Behar. I was, I was uh, gonna say, I know she was reality, but you know they're not gonna give that fifth slot to anybody real. But Omarosa. I think. No, get out. Get out. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm about to cut your mic. I want you to Omarosa. At least Omarosa has some smarts. Where? Where? Show me. Show me where. My four-year-old nephew has more smarts than she does. Shit. She knows how to get... For 20 years she's been doing this mess, so... Yeah, 20 she's years, she's been a mess. Ugh. But you, I just say, for entertainment purpose, they're not going to give it that, that, that last block anybody really. They always have some, like, reality person or uh, an entertainment journalist or someone on that slot. So, you might as well. I don't know. Well, let's now turn our attention to a talk show that never even got off the ground. Um... Nene Leakes recently visited the Breakfast Club radio program, and it's alleged that Wendy Williams's ex-husband, Kevin Hunter, put the kibosh on the star's potential talk show. Um, Charlemagne the God asked Nene, Now, I'm not trying to start anything, but I remember that you were supposed to have a talk show with Debmar Mercury, which produces the Wendy Williams show, and Wendy and Kev blocked that. Leaks responded in the affirmative by saying, I think it was her, meaning Wendy's husband. Uh, He was never nice to me. I don't think he ever wanted me to be around, so that's fine. She then added, I'm sure he was the person to go and get it stopped, like it's either her or Wendy. They already had money in Wendy, and the show was already on. Um, Didi, do you think that Nini ever had a shot at a talk show? Uh, and would you ever have watched a Nini Leaks talk show? Well, what would she talk about? <laughs> like, what would she talk about? Throwing drinks? Um, throwing shade? I mean, what would you talk about? What, what, how could you entertain me? For 42 minutes of my day. Like, I honestly don't see what she would be talking about. I mean, we already have something called that. And it's like, watch this live or whatever it is that comes on after the housewives. We already have that talk show. So what would she bring to the canvas? I don't see her doing um, feel-good things. I see her doing mess. And I mean, if that's your business, I guess. But I wouldn't have watched it. I mean, I... Uh, she's divisive for me, so sometimes I love her, most of the time I don't. So I'm just kind of like, 
I found this rather interesting that she thought, in her opinion, um, she said it's either her or Wendy. Do you think there was going to ever be a decision where the production company would have backed out of the Wendy Williams show for Nini's show? Rodrigo, to speak further on what Alan just said, do you think that Nini dodged a bullet by having Kevin Hunter not produce a talk show for her? Yes, yes, yes. We don't know. We don't even see no Nini Leaks talk show. Nini Leaks is a show on herself on a real house of the house called Atlanta. If you want to see a show, watch that every week for a Nini Leaks show. I don't know what type of show we could have seen. I mean, I guess she has some pull in the Hollywood industry. I mean, she, she can get maybe maybe Ryan Murphy since she's worked with Ryan Murphy before on his shows. But I mean, I think she dodged the bullet. She didn't need a talk show. I don't think she's ready for that. Um, I'd like to see her more on television. Do acting. I I like her acting. On those Ryan Murphy shows, on Glee and the New Normal, and and on the Real Housewives, yeah, and then the Real Housewives. <laughs> so she's really doing that on that show, but like, um, so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that Ryan Murphy hasn't even used her more on our other on his other shows. I mean, that's telling too. So I don't know what this type of show would have been, but. Kevin did her a favor. And Charlamagne always trying to sponsor his mess. So that was a one day mess. Because yeah. no, one, no one cared about it. They stay out. So don't get it. So here's what it is. And Tiggs. You know, we always try to see these um, Real Housewives um, actors, as um, Dee would want to call them, um, try and expand their brand. Do you think a talk show would have been the smartest idea and way for um, Nini to expand her brand? Yeah, no, Tiggs. I asked that to Melody Thomas Scott. Oh. Who you think? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry because yeah. Um, I was like, that's the longest I've ever heard no, you be quiet. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I've been busy on trying not to, you know, give everybody their time to say stuff. <laughs> oh wow, shocking! Like, yeah, First um, time for everything. <laughs> I, I get so sick of these damn reality stars and their brand. <laughs> you ain't Maybelline, damn it. <laughs> Nini, Nini, 
And he's not relatable like that. She's not compassionate. She's not, no. Because on Real Housewives of Atlanta, that's not acting. That's Nene acting like me. And then I hate when they do or say something horrible, they want to blame editing. And then Andy Cohen and check their asses, Ronald, that wasn't editing. You did what you did on camera. Don't do that, Nene. You've yeah. been doing this 15 years. You know what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so like, no. Yeah, it's hey, like, Nene, Nene's taking a lot of time. She's taking a lot of time in the DMV at her real boutique store working on the boutique like, store. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see me. Nobody wants to see none of those housewives have a talk show. You see, Bethany Frankel didn't last that long. You know, <laughs> Bethany's show wasn't, it wasn't half bad, but still, it's just like, no. And nobody wants to see her have a damn talk show. Like, I mean, come on, thank you. Show. It's like, no. They would do better having mm-hmm. you have a talk show than them. Lord have mercy, and I don't know. I mean, look at look at the real. Look at the real. Like, you know, Tamar wasn't a good host on that damn show. Tamar was not a good host on that show. And now she spent the rest of her career trashing <laughs> Nobody wants to see you talk about this for five days a week. Everybody ain't meant to do everything. Hell, everybody ain't meant to be like a whoopie gold bird. Or viral a day. Everybody ain't meant to be he got, goddammit. Stick to what you know. Well, um... Before we sign off for this episode, um, I do want to dedicate it um, to the memories of James Lipton, Lee Philip Bell, and Roscoe Bourne. Um, It has been a tough month for us soap fans to lose so many um, soap icons um, in front of and behind the camera. Um, Our prayers are with their friends and family and other loved ones and their memories will live on forever. Um, Tiggs, with all that being said, where can they find you on the Twitter? They can find me at the best 11985, talking shit, and clocking anybody who called yourself trying to come in my mentions, come up to me. I'll send you right back. And D, where can they find you? They can find me at God, you guys sound like you got your own Real Housewives taglines. <laughs> Rodrigo, where can they find you? You can find me at Rodrigo's World 81. And comfortably, all you want, Jason fans. I still I don't like them. So Gotta see the Real Housewives tags continue. I'm not scared of y'all, so stop it. I'm coming to my and Alan, where can they find you? <laughs> and you can find our show on Twitter as well at the chat underscore podcast. You can find all the updates there and we'll even be starting a new contest soon. Um, so be sure to hit us up, follow us, and we'll get that posted very soon. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at Casey S. Hutch. 
And we will talk to all of you lovely chat listeners next week. Bye, y'all.